welcome to God's Glorious Grace, a podcast from Hope Church Harrogate, where we are asking the question, have we really understood the grace of God? We're taking a deep dive into Ephesians chapter 1, considering a phrase of that chapter in each episode, and asking first what it teaches us about God, and second, how that affects our lives, hopefully with a good dose of warmth and fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. the creation of the world, he knew that he was going to create me, that I am a part of his dream for eternity. This eternal choosing shoots individualistic and individualistic attitude in the foot. Today I'm joined once again by Mark and Rachel. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> we are cheery this morning, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and we are diving into verse 4 of Ephesians 1, looking at the phrase, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world. So let's read that verse in context. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. Rachel. Sure. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Fantastic. So, question to start us off with. Mark, what does it mean for you to have been chosen by God? Yeah, in preparing for this session, I have to say I became quite emotional. um, And I might do again, I feel it uh, rising. And the, the picture I had was of one of those great big reclamation yards and uh, if you've ever been to one, you see people coming in and they go through the bins and they're rooting around, pulling stuff out. And they go around the back of the shelves in the yard and, and then they come into the shop with this rusty old bit of metal something. And their eyes are broad and there's a smile on their face and, and they really cherish this thing. And they happily pay uh, perhaps even above the price and go away really happy because they love what it was, but they also love what it's going to be and for me that has just so affected me that somewhere in before time God looked down time and saw Mark Hewitt riddled with sin and broken and set his affection and his love on me and saw and loved who I was but saw and loved who I would become in him and so For me, I'm not surprised Paul makes this the first one, that we're chosen. uh, And and it's just an extraordinary thing that the holy God, the creator God, would set his affection and his love and call me his treasured possession. I I just think is is extraordinary. It it is really, in many ways, the grace headline, isn't it? We're talking about this whole section through the lens of grace, seeing what it shows us about Mm. the God of grace. 
But this is perhaps the area of grace that we're most familiar with. It was God's decision, God's initiative, his prerogative, and nothing in us to uh, endear us to him. Yet he has decided of his own free will, simply because he wanted to, to choose us. That is a remarkable thing to say. Uh, Rachel, what what comes into your mind? I I find this choosing really interesting because I think... Sometimes it feels like we're outside and of of him and he then, you know, picks us and draws us close. And what this verse reminds me of is that before the creation of the world, he knew that he was going to create me, that I am a part of his dream for eternity yes. was me. And so I love that idea that before he even designed what the world would look like he he knew what that was but he also knew that then he was going to create this quirky weird me and 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 out of that choosing of creation he chose me for a lifetime and i i love that i am a part of his initial plan i'm not this the the i it's i don't want to mix metaphors but i'm sorry, I'm, I'm not the 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 dirt that he chooses to pick up because i'm i'm pitiful but he is the I was part of his plan always chose choosing. And I love, so it's not, I don't want to say it's opposite to your thing. I love that our, both of our analogies are working. Uh, but for me, I, I, I sometimes in my bad days feel like I'm, I'm the discounted one that gets <laughs> invited back in rather than the created one who has always been loved mm. and, and, um, valued by him, no matter how much dirt and mess and pain <laughs> and right. sin uh, that I uh, am, am doing, that I'm constantly being chosen by him because I was chosen by him to be created and to be part of mm-hmm. his eternity forever. Yes. Not only are you chosen, but you're plan A. Yes. Like before the foundation of the world, this wasn't God reacting Yes. To stuff that was going around, oh, what do I need? Oh, I'll make do with this. Yes. No, no, he went, what am I going to do? And somehow in his glorious plan that involved you know, all the many things we can read about in scripture, all the many heroes of the faith that we can read about uh, in the ch- history of the church, he went, I'm going to choose Adam. Yeah. Plan A. I'm going to involve Adam. I'm going to involve Mark. I'm going to involve Rachel. Whoever's listening, I'm going to involve you. Yeah. That is a truly humbling and I mean I know me it's bonkers idea that God has hatched and executed uh, it, it does fill us with wonder really doesn't it that's mm. the the primary emotional response and it makes me see other people in a different way so helpful when I believe that when I look at other people I don't go whoo you got lucky God picked you. <laughs> uh, but actually there's something in that desire that makes me see other people and go, wow, you're God's plan A and I can't wait to see what he's put in you or designed. God um, having this dream that we fit that dream. I, I find it quite interesting that, you know, being made in the image of God, uh, that actually the choosing aspect is is very uh almost hardwiring to our psyche Mm. there is something about being chosen that plays to acceptance that i am accepted eternally Mm. even even outside of christ i was accepted by god and i think that's a a wonderful thing and 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 we know how 
how being chosen affects us even even today you know e- even in the playground you know the, the kids thing where you're picking the football team uh, and the seniors are picking the juniors it, you know it's that wonderful thing i've been chosen um i, I think the marriage ceremony is mm-hmm. is a wonderful thing when the bri- uh, when the bridegroom says to the bride oh forsaking all others uh, in other words what he's saying is Amongst all the women, all three and a half billion of them in the earth, <laughs> I choose you. And, and that should resonate through the bride's soul and whole emotional being. No, he's chosen me. And of course, it's above all things, you know. So it's, it's his car, his football team. It's this, no, no. And there's something about this business of being chosen. That is really, really important, which is why I wonder if that's why it's first here in, in the list, because it plays to something, not only of the grace of God, because, as I said, he loves what we were. He loves what we are and he loves what we will be. His, his extension of his choosing before time is there is nothing I did of merit or anything I've sadly done of disgrace to actually put him off. But actually, there's nothing of my merit has come into this. No, he, in his mystery of who God is, out of love, has, has chosen me. Of these podcasts is, what is it showing us about God? Yes. And I think inevitably with this one, we're sort of reeling in our own response to it. But this idea of his proactivity towards us, mm-hmm. uh, of his design to the language of before the foundation of the world mm-hmm. is we've got a God who's the creator God, but he's created because of deliberate choice. Mm-hmm. Somewhere he has set his good purpose. You know, he's adamantly uh, set about doing something and has chosen to fold us up into it. That's uh, an incredible picture of the God who we're serving, isn't it? That he's not there frantically trying to put out fires and reacting to everything. That he's not constantly on eggshells going, oh, what are they going to do now? He has set us on his grand kingdom expansion, glorious pursuit of um, of his own worship being elicited from creation hmm. that makes you go, you know, he, he, it's okay. He knows what he's doing. Like it, it gives me, a, it, there's a sense of safety for me, but it tells me about God. He knows what he's doing. This was, this was his proactiveness. It was his decision. It's, it's under his control. Um, and we live in an age where would recoil sometimes from some of those things. Yet here we see that brings incredible security. Hmm. For me, I also think it's a reminder that God exists out of time. Yes. And sometimes I feel like he's, you know, constantly surprised at what I do. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I totally failed. You set me up to do this and I'm, I'm totally failed. And and there are so many times in my repenting journey that God has been like, this isn't a surprise. And I think I I feel like I'm trying to manage God's emotions for him. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I promise I won't do it. You know, like, but but that that he knew every mistake I was going to make that I could make. And yet he's waiting there with grace and joy and forgiveness. And 
he knows that I'm not finished yet. And I think for me, that's a phrase that is constantly on my mind and things I speak a lot is about how I am not finished yet. And yes. he is not surprised or judgmental of the fact that he hasn't finished me yet. And I think delighting in being chosen as I am and knowing that I am constantly being chosen to be woven into his plans is such a, a significant thing for me. Yes. Yes. It, the choice is intimately connected to his engagement in our lives. Yeah. Like, it's not like he chose us and then let us loose. Yes. Like, with no more engagement, the, you know, the divine watchmaker, we're not, we're not deists. We, we believe in a God who's created us and then is actively involved in our lives. It's, you know, we're straying slightly towards what we're going to come up in next week, you know, which is to be homely, holy and blameless. Mm-hmm. That's why he's chosen us. There's a, we know in all things Christ works for the good of those who love him, who been called according to his purpose. There's, there's, there's the, the end is there as well, but the choice of God really it differentiates him from, from us mm-hmm. in that sense too. Um, so that, that raises a very interesting thing about his involvement, doesn't it? Because the one thing God is not, he is, in com- he is the commander, but he's not the controller. He actually gives us absolute freedom to choose and, and to be. And yet in his involvement, which is not the controlling thou shalt thou will, love me but somehow in that choosing comes this amazing wave of love towards us that we are one by his love to him Uh, but it's not through the control so you're right so he he has this design for us this eternal design we must remember it is an eternal design Mm -hmm. it transcends our life on earth uh, which is a wonderful wonderful thing but into that we are still free we are still free and yet into that freedom he 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 bestows his love and his compassion that somehow wins our heart to to love him back uh, which which again is is extraordinary because if it was controlled it would not be love mm. because once love is coerced once love is manipulated it isn't it isn't love it needs to be that free, free given thing, which, which is again, perhaps takes our minds beyond what we can humanly grasp here. And you cannot square the circle, yeah. but that's because he's God. Yeah. I think for me also, this out of time thing comes in to how I engage with him. Yeah, the fact that he's chosen me for the time and that he exists means also I can intercede. This may be a side point and maybe I'm wrong, Adam. So call me up on this, but I feel like I can intercede out of time because I serve a God who exists out of time. I'm with you 100%. Yes. And so I intercede for my great, great grandchildren. But also if I'm watching a documentary about something that happened in 1725, there are moments where I move to like pray for people hundreds of years ago because I th- because I'm just moved to compassion for what they experienced and yes. there's something of going God had a plan and purpose for those people's lives and comfort those people on and there's something of of having a God who is not limited to my lifespan of his love and involvement in the world that I find I don't know is it weird that I pray for people in the past I mean, I've, I've never prayed for someone in the 1700s myself, but <laughs> there are times where I'm like, oh God, this thing that's happened, let it not be so, so 
for example, when I moved to Manchester at 18, there was a guy shot on the next street over from us on the second night we were there. Yeah. And we're praying, God, we pray he was just shot in the leg or yeah. that he's going to be okay. Uh, and you're like, in one sense, like, it's happened. Yeah. Like, why would you pray that? But then on the other hand, you're like, well, perhaps God has so ordained it yeah. that that prayer there, out of love, so moves his heart of love that this thing that's happened over yeah. here, he's going to be involved in in that way. He he, he's outside of time. He's not yes. limited. He's not like, ah, yeah. you missed your chance, guys. You should have been on your knees an hour earlier. Yes, exactly. And with Mark bringing in about love and as we're bringing in freedom and, and time is we're trying to isolate phrases in this incredibly complex theological uh, exaltation of God. And, you know, as you read on at the end of verse four is in love and it takes you into the next sentence. This is, of course, all in love. And it's in love that he chose us and it's in love that he steers us. Um, and we're, we're really right now picking out pieces of the jigsaw that we can't necessarily put together into this cohesive plan, but we're seeing things about God that as we gather them, we start to see more of what he's like because we can see the colours and the contours. And, and I think that's a wonderful place to land in terms of the choice of God and what it shows us about him in terms of his generosity and his love and his control without being controlling. Um, it's, Truly, truly wonderful. Uh, but for now, before we get too deep into the philosophical 2am conversation <laughs> that we could get in, it's time for Halftime Oranges with Rachel Turner. Do, 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 do. Okay, I'm not convinced this is going to work, but we're going to try it because <laughs> I saw it someplace on Facebook. So it's a game where I name a word and you have to sing a phrase of the song that matches that word. And I try, we could pull it from this passage. <laughs> Let's test how broad songs are i would like you to sing me a phrase whoever comes first is fine of a song that has the word bless in it blessed be your name oh oh nice okay good good all right chosen (laughs) i sing (laughs) very well see i can't think of one either and i'm wondering is this a whole thing that has not been sung over are you a worship leader this is your moment god is speaking to you write a song about the fact we are chosen i know mark's mark's still in it i have i have a horrible feeling there's a song that goes i am chosen i am chosen (laughs) i am chosen i am free i am living for eternity this is amazing grace (laughs) My mother would object to that because she's like, that's from the original hymn. She's not a fan of when you take a hymn and turn it modern. Uh, Right? And uh, joy. Joy to the world, the Lord. I just want to say, everyone who's listening, I wish you could see the face. If you watch him sing, I don't think this happens to you in normal worship, but in singing in this room, one eyebrow goes as high as humanly (laughs) possible and one fist starts waving. So just so you know, as you listen to this, picture Adam's eyebrow going up and fist waving. It's because I'm trying really hard. (laughs) I I, I think, to be honest, the fist waving is because there's a competitive spirit that (laughs) got it before me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. And if you can come up with a song that says predestined in it, you'll get extra points, but I'm pretty sure that does... Oh, no, and now I feel like there is one. Is there? Wow. Very interesting. That's what... I feel like there is one. Someone shoved it in there. Wow. 
Oh, of all the things I thought I might do this morning, that that wasn't on my list. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, Moving naturally and gracefully onwards. Oh, smooth transition. Smooth transition. Thank you, guys. To our discipleship conversation. So we've we've already, I guess, uh, strayed into this as we're talking about yeah. our response to being chosen and what that means for us. But really the question we're, we're trying to get towards in the second half is how does this come to bear in our, the various spheres of life? What we've learned about God and that he has chosen us before the foundation of the world. How does that affect the way that I live as a father, as a husband, as an employee or an employer, as a friend, as a neighbour. Um, any starters to get us going? Living with this eternal facet of what we've talked about. So if God's internal plan for creation is fixed and he is wonderfully uh, in this time, broken into time and space here, uh, over my life then that unlocks the whole possibilities of what is his plan for my life perspective yes. in difficulties and troubles that come our, our lives and it can also inspire us to reach for things that naturally we would not reach for uh, because we know he's got a, a plan and and some of those desires have come from eternity past that he wants me to walk in and and enjoy. Um, Verse about um, God weaving together all things together for the good of those who love the Lord. And and this, this being chosen before the beginning of time just to me illustrates who he is as the master weaver, this, this ability to know all people, all things and weave it together means that when when things look completely confusing or when I don't know, when I can't identify, oh, this is my task for the next year, that there is a weaving that is going on that I don't understand, that I can trust the weaver. Yes. I, can be, yeah. I can be my part yes. of the weaving and I can see that he is weaving something in my life that I don't know what fruit it is for or even that it might not be for my life. There may be things that are happening in my life that are actually woven for my child, for my child's child. And there is a, a sense of being part of the whole that I find um, takes away from those moments of feeling isolated and alone. And actually, I am part of someone else's story. I'm, you, know, you are part of my story. Wonderful. There is this, this wovenness of who God has made us to be together that I find uh, incredibly comforting, um, that, um, that we, are, we are part of something. And, and also, I'm also just reflecting on how there are very few times that Jesus or any time in scripture where God was like, I'm going to let you know what the rest of your life is going to look like now. Mm-hmm. You are going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and therefore accomplish the plan. So often we talk about God having a plan for our lives, and we expect it to be a written blueprint that if we can just read the blueprint, we can follow, rather than you know, Jesus never called someone and said, hi, I'd like you to be a bookkeeper for three years, followed by lead a house church for two, followed by you're going to have a bit of a funk for a little bit, and then it'll be fine. But he just said, follow me. And yeah, that yeah. sense, wonderful, that sense of just going on the adventure and doing yes. what approaches itself and what doors are open and what God is saying now and trusting that the weaving is happening, yes. trusting that the plan is accomplishing. It is not my job to find the blueprint and read it and accomplish it. It's my job to follow the God who leads and guides 
and see the weaving as it emerges. And I find that so powerful about the God who can weave from before time begins. Yeah. And so I think this is touching on a tension that I've been reflecting on in, in recent months, probably years of, of both. It frees me up to be content in the situation that I find myself. So like, I've not got to be taking on the world for the kingdom of God, you know, on a stage somewhere or commanding some thousand strong uh, company of people that are doing amazing things. Actually, if he's chosen me and he's put me in this place in with these people, then living my normal life as an ambassador of Jesus, full of his spirit, uh, chosen, he, he knows me, he's, he's put me here. So yeah. it, it releases that pressure to be someone or to do something. Mm-hmm. Actually, by being faithful in the place I'm in can be incredibly powerful because he's chosen me and he's put me here. And yet at the same time, this same truth of being chosen by the God that we're, you know, discovering this about should also free me from the fear of failing Mm. as I take on things. Yes. Like if if I take, I'm not talking about failing into sin, but if I take on an adventure or a a project or, um, you know, a vision, then the worst that can happen is I make a mistake and God turns it around in his grace to be more beautiful than I could ever have imagined. Yep. That, that's the worst outcome. <laughs> the, the, the best outcome is actually I get to sit at a table and to work through some of these things with the God who has chosen me and brought me in for this. And I don't need to worry about if it fails, if it doesn't come off quite as I imagined, because he is working it out for good because he's, he's chosen me. Yes. And he knows me. He knows me better than I know myself. He's put me in this place. And so, of course I can give it a go. I'm not scared of failing. I can't remove myself from, from God's great purposes because in love, he's uh, yes. involved me in it. And so I've both got this contentment, but also a, 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 a freedom, freedom from the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Yes. In um, the big things and the small things too. Yes. You know, because parenting is terrifying. Oh, every day. Yeah. Yes. And, and so sometimes we think, well, I can, I can have the boldness to, you know, take on a new job, but... But waking up tomorrow and parenting a teenager takes incredible boldness and that and fear and and starting a relationship and oh, yeah. you know all of that yes. stuff that it doesn't have to look big for it to be big and significant yes. in in the kingdom and to to require that kind of boldness. So, so it's interesting. I wonder if in God's economy there is no such thing as failure. Mm-hmm. Is that a is that a human word? Yeah. When I, I don't know who wrote the phrase, but I love it f- that we fall into, we fail into grace. We fall into grace. And, and, and so because God can take every circumstance and turn it around for our good, that actually um, that there is no such thing as failure if our hearts are, are, are good towards it. You know, if I go into, uh, if I'm a Jacob and I grasp after this ministry, then yeah, then then I take a responsibility that's ungodly because my root was ungodly. But when I do things out of genuine uh, heart and, and, and just inquisitiveness or, or whatever, um, not to get a name, not to get anything, uh, and it doesn't work out in the way that people nail it or, or say it should be, but actually there can be a tremendous grace in God that he doesn't see that as failure guy who's trying god says push on the rock to move it Mm. and after two years of praying this rock hasn't moved 
And God says, yeah, but look at the muscles that are on your arm. Mm. Now I can give you this. You can carry this load. Mm. And you go, but that was failure, you know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and the heroes of faith in, in Hebrews 11, where it says, you know, it's so freeing, isn't it, that they died having not received what they were believing yes. for. Mm. And most of them were a mess. And, 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 and we would say in our, so, eyes. in our eyes, but, but God doesn't, you know, it, it colors in Sarah's laughter. Yes. Who by faith was able to bear. You go, oh, how did that, how did that happen? Surely she laughed, didn't she? Oh. Didn't that? No, but, but God, you know, it's just, I think, I think this whole thing of being chosen positions us in such a, a way. Following. Yes. God is so helpful. So, yes. you know, we've got this passage here. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. And then you have Jesus choosing disciples. Yeah. Right. So you have a big crowd who follows him, but there are some he calls to himself mm. and says, follow me. And so, you know, in that sense, in our discipleship, as we're going through life, you're saying, well, Jesus has called me, Adam. He said, Adam, come and follow me. And my job is follow him. And if he says, push the rock, push the rock. Mm. And I might think success is moving the rock. But he knows that success is being able to carry the thing after two years of building up muscles by pushing it. Yeah. Follow, following him means that, you know, failure is only when you stop following him, which is the thing that I excluded, which was falling into sin. Yes. Actually, if you are in good heart, choosing to follow, responding to the voice of God as best you can in your in your life, yes. you know, receiving the wisdom of those that God has put you in community with to, to go together, uh, then you're following him. Mm. Well done. Great job. Keep following. And uh, and perhaps, actually, we need to re-emphasize that language. You know, we, love the, we love the language of calling and we love the language of mission yeah. in the church, don't we? And, and, and destiny. Uh, and actually, if perhaps we need to reshift the emphasis back onto well, follow. Mm. You've been chosen. You've been called. Follow. Mm. And that, that's what the consequence of being chosen by Jesus was for the, the people who followed him. Rachel started to explore that um, we are chosen, yes, personally, but we are chosen into a space and time with others because we we do live so in this individualistic view, you know. And a few Sundays ago, I was just so challenged uh, in my own devotional time about this business of my calling my ministry my my prophetic words and my dreams and my destiny and 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 those things um and in fact the very there's an ugliness to that um because we lose the whole reality that we are part of a body we are the body of christ uh and that actually your choosing is affecting my choosing the choosing is secure in God, but actually in God's wonderful eternity past, he has arranged for the three of us to be in this room. And we, people don't know, but we are thoroughly enjoying our discussions outside of the tape and outside yeah. of everything that's going on and the provocation that it brings that actually something about this eternal choosing shoots individualism an individualistic attitude in in, in the foot yes and, and should actually deal with any hierarchical elevations that we may have um because actually in james it says he chose those who were poor in the eyes of the world uh, and actually that means not capable not skilled not not gifted but actually they were chosen therefore they weren't chosen just to be minions 
in some ministry of people that we do things to, but actually they too are chosen. Therefore, they have eternal value, eternal worth given to them yeah. that actually they have a, a, a part to play in, the, in, in strengthening me, in challenging me, in shaping me to be like Christ. Yeah. We, we really have to get away from... So the chosenness, though personal, though as an individual, is in this context of a body in terms of this extraordinary company of saints. Uh, And we must see that. Love reflecting on how Jesus chose, because I think sometimes when we think about choosing something, we pick the absolute best. You know, what is the the best? You know, when you're picking on the playground, you want that person. And, you know, there's a, a sense of when you're chosen, you're like, I have more worth than other people. And I love, uh, I went to to Galilee in Israel on holiday just to walk around and sort of cry by the side. And uh, and I love going to Capernaum because you're like, this was a small town. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the best people Jesus could have chosen in the whole world weren't just from this very tiny town and the guy next <laughs> to it. It's a rich scene. <laughs> That actually, he he picked the people around him. He picked people who you wouldn't say, qualification-wise, were the best. He picked those and said, follow me. And it was the people who responded to follow me. He he invited and chose, not based on their qualifications, but on relationship and invitation. And I, I find that so encouraging that it's not about... It's not about being chosen over and above other people or because I'm best at the job. I, there are so many people who could do my job better than what I do. Every time I speak or do something, I think, oh, nope, other people could do it. But I get I get to be this part yeah. for this moment. And there's a confidence in not having to be the best, but just being the chosen yes. that I find powerful. So there's a great fusion, isn't there, in, in what this means for us in our lives of, of humility and assurance and confidence and... And contentment uh, and being able to believe for the legacy and the impact way beyond what we'll ever see in every direction as a result of what God has joined us into, which is the people he's chosen for himself, not just the superstars or not even the superstars. You're not a superstar. Sorry to sorry to burst your bubble this morning. Um, wonderful. That's so it's such a helpful place to land on. I wonder, Mark, if you could pray for us in light of what we've discussed yeah. in this session. Jesus. Father, we thank you that what you have shown us, we know, but we acknowledge that there is mystery in you, that we can trust because you're a good, good father. There is no shadow of turning in you and your choosing of us has melted our hearts. We don't understand why you would choose us. Some of us wouldn't even pick ourselves, but you have. And we thank you. We ask you, would you grant us a true perspective of how you see us and how you view us that would free us from all false images that we have of ourselves? And Father, we do pray that in this society of individuals, that that would be broken in us. The individualistic attitudes would be broken in us that we would genuinely get into our spirits, that we are more together than we are apart. Father, please come. We, We pray that our eyes would be open to the wonder of your choosing and the freeing and the empowering that that gives us in every aspect of our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You're a good God. Amen. 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 
So here's your homework, if we're allowed to call it that. Why don't you, as a result of this session, ask God what his perspective on your life and your situation is and see what he replies by his spirit into your heart with. I think that would be a a, a truly poignant and profound thing if we were all comfortable with God's perspective on our situation. So that's the end of this week. We're back again next week talking about the phrase to be holy and blameless in his sight. So that's another fun one for us to get stuck in on. We look forward to you joining us. If you hit subscribe, that will mean that this gets downloaded to whatever podcast app you're using. Why don't you tell your friends, uh, send a link to anyone that you think might be interested in hearing us uh, talk about the profound and the mundane at the same time. Even if it's just for the halftime orange fun, why don't you send this to someone that you think would find it funny? Uh, And uh, we look forward to being joined by you again next time out. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.